And now, broadcasting live and local from the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. Number four, Charles Barkley. The round, the wow. Round, the round, round mound of rebound. of rebound. Easy for me to say. And Eric Fry. However, by being caust- caustically optimistic, it's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. game a halloween edition of the starting lineup a scary good edition of the starting lineup welcome in here travis sparks eric fry here and we're hanging out with you for the next hour here on espn radio today and coming up we'll hit up on some local sports from last night some local volleyball action we had some sectional semifinals, and we had a two a few area teams get there to the sectional championships on a Wednesday. We'll tell you all about that coming up here in just a second. We'll also be hitting up on some Major League Baseball World Series a Game of 3 from last night as the series shifted back to Arizona and Texas. Ended up getting the W in a game three to take a two a one series lead. We'll hit up on that. We'll also be hitting up on that big NBA news that happened probably when you were sleeping. Uh, a Woj bomb at one or two a.m. Mm-hmm. Depending on what coast you were uh, living on there for uh, James Harden and uh, news. So we'll hit up on uh, that. And we'll also be hitting up on uh, some NFL, the Monday night game from last night. Uh, but uh, it's also the uh, trade uh, deadline uh, today as we'll see if uh, we can get some excitement. I think the NFL, well, we might have to get into this a little bit later. But I think the NFL kind of has one of the least exciting trade deadlines not very many major moves, I guess you'd say. We're going to rank them coming up later. Yeah, so. The, the four major sports. See where uh, that stacks up. We'll see if we uh, have any uh, major moves. You know, I know, uh, especially after last night's game, Devontae Adams very unhappy there in uh, Vegas. We'll see if any uh, moves will be made uh, there on that front. And the Bears, well, I'm not quite sure what they're doing. <laughs> they're not either, Travis. <laughs> it looks like they made a move, but then uh, to acquire a defensive player. But then they also they have a, a defensive back that is unhappy that is wanting a trade out of Chicago. So I'm not sure what's really uh, going on there, but we'll get into that as well. We might get into uh, some college sports at some point as well. I know we try to do that on uh, Tuesdays, but without Illinois football to uh, talk about this uh, past uh, Saturday, we might table that for another day. But also coming up in the podcast, I can guarantee we got uh, two area coaches for you uh, over there in 
in the pod, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. It's Arthur, uh, Coach Jefferson, as unfortunately we have the uh, conversation, the end of the year conversation, because Arthur got upset there in around one, and we'll hit up on that as well as the future for Arthur football there. And also we talked to uh, Coach Wilson from Villa Grove, who also had a first-round exit as well in the uh, postseason. So uh, we visit with those two gentlemen for the final time coming up in the podcast so uh, make sure you stick around for that and hopefully we can get some uh, breaking news or some uh, news developing during the show for NFL trade deadline uh, day that would be super awesome as well of course, the starting lineup would not be possible without McMahon Meats, Tingley Insurance Agency, Worth Computer Repair, and Totopolis State Bank. All right, I think we got the uh, pleasantries out of the way, so uh, let's uh, go ahead and uh, let's get things started, and let's uh, hit it up on this Halloween edition of the starting lineup. We'll start out what we always do. It's first things first. Before we get into the show. First things first. And since it's October, we'll start off in the fall classic from last night. You heard it right here on 98.9 as the Rangers, they take a 2-1 to series lead as they won this one 3-1 to on the road again. Ninth straight road game of this postseason that the Rangers have won, and they won this one 3-1. to Last night against the uh, Diamondbacks, I know that the Rangers had a couple of injuries in the contest, mm. but the Rangers ended up winning this one, and not much going on for Arizona uh, last night. They didn't have a lot of opportunities to uh, score, and the ones that they did, they squandered uh, there, particularly a couple of them. One was early in the game uh, with that Christian Walker uh, getting thrown out at home plate, and then late in the game when they had some traffic on the bases for uh, rolled as Chapman, but they ended up getting out of it by a nice double play uh, there. But the Rangers, they went again on the road uh, here in this postseason to take a 2-1 series lead in the World Series. Yes, but y- y- you buried the lead there for me, Travis, and that to me is the injury to Garcia. Uh, yeah, he left late in the game, Yeah, and it was in the eighth inning is where he uh, got hurt there. Yeah, uh, Left side is what they said. And if he is out, Travis, this Rangers team's in a lot of trouble. Yeah, they're definitely in a lot more trouble than they than they would be if he's in there. I mean, Travis, this has been the hottest guy in baseball. Sure. He has been the guy who has led this Rangers team to where they are at. Yeah. Well, that's that's I mean, correct. in 15 games this postseason, he has 22 RBIs. That's more than a RBI a game. Right. He's averaging more than an RBI a game. Yeah. He's got eight homers. He does. He's been just hitting the cover off the baseball this postseason for sure. But without him out there, Travis, where is your offense coming from? Hmm. Well, there's uh, not a lot come in. It only happened really in that uh, third inning. That was it. They scored all three of those runs last night there by uh, Teeger. That's one guy that you can uh, turn to. I know just one guy, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, Simeon as well, he uh, scored uh, Lau 
uh, there to get the scoring started. But, I mean, yeah, could absolutely help. But, I mean, Seager, you got him. You got uh, Mitch Carver. He's uh, pretty solid. Uh, him and he's a good uh, catcher. And uh, Young is good at third base as well. I mean, so they're not just a one-person show. I know that Garcia's just been hotter than the surface of the sun in yeah. this postseason. But they do have some other uh, players that can step up. Yes, they do. But, again, an RBI a game. That is starting the game at one nothing. Yeah. Right? In theory, if he has 22 RBIs in 15 games, mm-hmm. you as the Rangers are going out there thinking, we're starting this game one nothing ahead. Right. Yeah. You pull him out of that lineup, now it's even playing field. Mm-hmm. Now, the Diamondbacks still got to do their part. Right, yeah, exactly. But, again, if it comes back that Garcia is going to be out and possibly out for the rest of this World Series, mm-hmm. I think it completely changes the complexion of this series. Yeah, it most certainly does. Um, you know, But uh, the pitching for the Rangers was uh, good, especially uh, John Gray in relief of Max Scherzer. He only went three innings. It happened there in the second inning. He took a comebacker right to his arm, but he uh, went back out there and pitched the next inning. He pitched the third inning, uh, but then they took him out uh, there in the fourth inning, and he didn't even leave with anything to do with his arm. Uh, They actually said that it was back Mm -hmm. they left with. Uh, there and he's going to be reevaluated uh, today, so we'll see if his services will also be uh, missed as well for maybe a potential game seven, uh, you would think, or maybe mm-hmm. game six, I would say. But obviously, the Garcia entry is way more important than that. But uh, he also exited the game there, and that kind of was like, all right, here you go. If Scherzer's out of the game, you can uh, uh, potentially do something here. But the Diamondbacks' offense yeah. nowhere to be found. Uh, there and uh, Gray did a good job there in the three innings he was in, only giving up one hit. So nine of the ten batters he faced, he retired in pretty easy fashion uh, there yeah, for the and, Rangers pitching. And to me, Travis, you know, you talked about the Diamondbacks, their offense, as you said, non-existent. They actually out-hit the Rangers, um, mm-hmm. did the Diamondbacks, yeah. but they just couldn't seem to get that hit when they needed it. Two for seven no. with runners in scoring position. Mm-hmm. Um which, again, is better than the Rangers, who are one for five. Yeah. you couldn't play anybody. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. Yep. And to me, it starts at the top of that lineup, Travis. Uh, you have Corbin Carroll go 0 for 3, Marte 1 for 3, and uh, Moreno 0 for 4. Those mm. guys got to get hits. They have to set the table. Yeah, and that uh, ninth inning uh, strike called on Moreno yep. there. That was could have influenced the inning uh, for sure. That was an egregious uh, strike uh, yep. called on him. Nowhere, didn't even touch the plate at all, but they called it a strike, and that changed the complexion there that inning because that was on a uh, 3-1 pitch, so uh, that would have been a walk and potentially would have had another p- uh, tying run on base. There at that point, but we don't need to be you know, such an egregious video. call in the World need, Series. We don't need to video right to to call, help call balls and strikes or anything. No, nope, yeah. no, but don't need that at all. <laughs> that definitely uh, did not help the Diamondbacks, and you got to be better uh, with that call right there in that moment. Or you but. need to have video proof, and you need to go back and review the video. Yeah, let's I'm just about. do that. The sanctuary of balls and strikes. No, 
because, like I said, <laughs> it impacted this series. Yeah, 100% it did. And if you want to make it so only, I would even take this, Travis, only calls in the sixth inning or later will be looked at. Hmm. Cool. That's yeah. when it's clutch time. That's when we need to make sure we're 100% correct. Yeah. And I umpired for little, 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 oh, little boy. baseball. At the little league level. Oh, littler than little league. <laughs> and it was my brother's team. The Cora team. League, the, pi- the Babe Ruth League. Oh, we're smaller than that. <laughs> it was for my brother's team, and I got a, I got a call wrong. Mm-hmm. Called somebody safe when they were out. Clearly they were out. Uh-huh. And I felt so bad. And that was just at that level. These umpires have a lot of pressure on them. They you do. You can't expect somebody to be that perfect. Perfect example. How many perfect games there have been in the World Series, Travis? Uh, there's only been uh, one. Yeah. So why do the umpires have to be perfect when no one else does mm. in the World Series? Yes. I mean. I... And they're out there on the field longer than anybody else. Yeah. And I guess we expect them to be a perfect because that's their only job is to uh, look at that. There's a lot of other things that go in as a player. So. Is there? Oh, yeah. I mean, depending on position. But if, if you're a left fielder, are you constantly every single pitch sitting there having to judge and having to pay attention? Mm-hmm. No. No. Yeah, you're looking at your your card. Yeah, your scouting card. That's right. On where to where to be. And then you're standing there waiting for play. something to happen. And then you got to react to it. Yeah, unless hopefully, it's nowhere close to you. And then hopefully and then you're in the right position. Hopefully you're in the right position. There are some other uh, positions that you have to be more focused to play, no doubt. But uh, but even so, if you're out in the field, Travis, after your team is done, you get to come and sit on the bench, don't you? Mm-hmm. Even if you're hitting, after you're done hitting, you get to come sit on the bench and take a breath. Yeah. When do home plate umpires get to take a breath? Uh, between innings, but they never get to sit down. I will I will give you that. My thing is just if we don't expect every player on the field to be perfect in every single moment of a game, why should we expect the umpires to be perfect too? I think the problem is we, we do. We, we expect the players to be perfect, and we expect every big superstar to get a hit in every big situation. That's unrealistic. It is. But because, as I said, how many perfect games have there been in the World Series? Yeah, only one you're with Don wanting, Larson. You're wanting every night for an umpire to, to call a perfect game. Or just I want an umpire to not have a, a bad call in a crucial moment, in the biggest moment of the game. It's fine if you miss one in the second inning or whatever, but one in the ninth inning, that's when you should be perfect. But even And I'm the one who just suggested sixth inning or later. But, Travis, if you give up a bad call in the second inning, team ends up scoring, there's no more scoring the rest of the game. It's that certainly, was effective. Yeah, it certainly impacted it. So, again, you're wanting someone, a human. Human error is there. Yeah, I mean, and that's just what I like. To this show, you know, I make human errors every day. Every day, we all do it. But I mean, that's what I love about uh, baseball uh, too. So even though I am complaining about it, uh, that is the the one thing that I, I don't mind about baseball and why I want them to kind of stay away from all that automated stuff and whatnot, the automatic strike zone and whatnot. 
up. Last night, Travis, this umpire who you're getting into, Alfonso Marquez, 94% accurate. Hmm. He accurately called 94% of the balls and 93% of the strikes. Three out of 41 called strikes were true balls, and five out of 89 called balls were strikes. Hmm. But I guess when you're the umpire that was so good, you were so good for the whole game, but then you missed that one that one call. Mm-hmm. How do you miss that if you're so good? When you're so good for the whole entire game, I think that's another thing. But again, his that was accuracy like was astonishing. 0.2% above expected. So he was better than the league average, Travis, and you're complaining about it. Better than the league average. You're complaining it. 122 out of 130 pitches called correctly. He missed eight pitches all night. I know. And saying, that's an impactful moment. And I'm not saying it's not. But then let's fix it. Let's make it so it's 100%. Hmm. So take that element out of the game. Take it so it's not a factor. Yeah. So we want the two best teams to win, not because an umpire made a mistake. Uh, then that gets in the argument: Is the Rangers and Diamondbacks really the two best teams? Well, so that that postseason, this postseason, has showed you that that anything can happen in the uh, postseason. Anything can happen with human error and uh, whatnot. But uh, again, I just wanted it to be better when you're so good for the whole entire game, but then just out of nowhere. Uh, miss that uh, there, but uh, the Diamondbacks will try to overcome that. We'll see a little bit later with uh, towards the beginning of the game what happens with uh, Garcia and uh, his injury and whatnot. But Andrew Henney uh, going for uh, Texas and a Manaply going for the Diamondbacks at least uh, starting uh, the game. Maybe a bullpen type of outing for the Diamondbacks. But uh, again, game of four tonight. For the Rangers the and Diamondbacks, right here on a 98-9 the game. Uh, the team winning in Game 3 has gone on to win the series 68 of 99 times. That's 69%. Those are doing so on the road in a series with the current 2-3-2 two, two format have gone on to the win of the World Series 29 of 39 times, and that's 74% there as well. And another thing that I've completely forgot about until I was uh, listening and watching the broadcast is that, oh, yeah, Max Scherzer, he pitched for the Diamondbacks at one point. He's pitched for so many people. 2008, he started his career with the Diamondbacks. Completely I, forgot I, about that. I forgot about that. I was like, oh, there he is in the in the red, that red uniform, mm-hmm. D-backs uniform. But just a fun fact that I was reminded of last night. But, uh, again, tune into a game four right here on 98.9. But uh, now we uh, switch things up, and we'll switch things up to a local level, and we'll go to some uh, volleyball sectional semifinals that happened last night in the area. Coming up next here on the Star Lineup. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios will be right back. <laughs> In 2021, the Effingham County Sheriff's Office received over 200 reports of fraud, forgery, and scams. This is your Effingham County Sheriff Paul Coons reminding you that if someone contacts you that you don't know with an offer that sounds too good to be true, it is. Please shop with our local trusted area businesses and craftsmen who work hard to maintain their reputation. If you think that you've been the target of a potential scam, call your local police to report it. You may prevent someone else from being taken advantage of. 
You shouldn't let financial concerns spoil your retirement, and you shouldn't have to worry about what you'll leave for your family after you're gone. If you set up a tax-free inheritance for your loved ones with single premium whole life insurance, you can drop your worries and enjoy your retirement. Contact your local Pekin Insurance agent to request a single premium whole life quote. And in Effingham, call Tingley Insurance at 217-342-3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same but is 95% cheaper and you can get it online? Just go to hymns.com slash joy. Through hymns, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the name brands at up to 95% off. That's right, get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but for 95% less. It's the same medication, still prescribed by a licensed medical provider, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, hymns.com slash joy. That's hymns.com slash joy for your free online visit, himscom slash J-O-Y. And now, Mike Trout uses HGH, though. That's the only reason why he's good. I was going to say, is he still the best player in baseball? Yes. Even with all his injuries? Why? Because people don't talk about him because he plays for the Angels. And they're going to continue to not talk about him because he still plays for the Angels. And he signed a long-term deal. And he doesn't play an entire season. And he can't make the postseason. Because the Angels stink. Play the whole season. The starting lineup. I think you have to play a majority of the season to be the best player. On 98.9 The Game. Welcome back in to the uh, Starting Lineup Halloween Edition here on 98.9 The Game, ESPN Radio. Let's talk about some uh, local volleyball here from uh, last night, uh, some uh, sectional uh, semifinals. As in the uh, Class 1A level there at uh, Windsor, in the uh, first match of the uh, night, it was the number one seed, uh, Sarah Gordo, winning over the uh, five seed, uh, Leroy. In a three sets, Sarah Gordo won the first one 25-19, and it was Leroy winning the second set 28-26, but Sarah Gordo wins the third and final one 25-19 there to advance to the uh, sectional championship. And then it was Winsor's two straws getting the win over Judah Christian, and Judah Christian's only their second loss this season, and it was in dominating fashion mm-hmm. as well. Winsor's two straws 25-8. 25 to a 7 was the final uh, there for Wednesday's two straws. So uh, they'll be advancing to the uh, sectional championship on a Wednesday night there in uh, Windsor. And I was able to catch a little bit of this game uh, from uh, Lane Blickham yep. calling it there in uh, Windsor. And just a domination by the Hatchets. Yeah, 33 and 5 now on the season, Travis. And uh, the best part is they said the gym was packed. Yeah, uh, and coach said after the game that uh, she usually finds something they should be doing better, but tonight couldn't find anything. So, so right. it was very fun to watch. So, 
Yeah, it was very fun to uh, listen to that uh, domination yep. uh, there. So uh, sectional championship on the line there on Wednesday, and uh, the winner will advance to uh, Friday's Milford Super Sectional, and that will either be to be between the winner of the uh, Woodland uh, Sectional between Lexington or Cisna Park, and Cisna Park is a number one seed. Uh, there, in a Class 1A uh, Nicomas uh, sectional, it was the two seed of Valmire over the four seed host school Nicomas in a uh, three sets. Valmire with the opening set win 26-24, but Nicomas won the second set 26-24, and then Valmire third and final set 25-23 to advance uh, to the uh, sectional championship there. And who will they see? Well, an area team as well, St. Anthony. They picked up the win over the number one seed, Hardin Calhoun. And St. A won the first set 25-20. Hardin Calhoun won the second set 25-23. Third A and a final set goes the way of the Bulldogs, 25-20. to So St. Anthony advances to the Nokomis sectional championship at 6 o'clock against Valmer on a Wednesday. Winner will advance to the Oakville super sectional on a Friday, and that will be uh, the winner of the Crab Orchard sectional, and it'll either be Norris City, who's the number one seed, and the two seed, uh, Trico uh, Campbell Hill, there in super sectional action. But two NTC teams representing there in sectional championships on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Very cool to see. Yep. Um, in a Class 2A, the uh, Pinckneyville sectional uh, semifinals, it was uh, Fairfield getting the win over Pinckneyville in uh, two sets, and it was Carmichael County over the number one seed of Massac County in two sets, 25-7, 25-20. Uh, so it'll be a Fairfield versus Carmichael County in the Pinckneyville sectional championship on Wednesday. And the winner of that will advance to the Robinson Super Sectional. And they'll take on the winner of the St. Joe Ogden Sectional between Bismarck Henney or Champaign and St. Thomas Moore. Both those two teams, three seeds there. In a Class 2A Greenville Sectional semis, it was the number one seed of Breeze Central over the three seed of Shelbyville in two sets. And they won both of those games 25-12. to And it's the two seed of Breeze Modern Day winning over the number one seed of Staunton. In two sets, 25-11, 25-12. So you got a matchup, a rivalry game, the Egg Bowl. I know that's what it's called in football. But you got Breeze Central against Breeze Modern Day, and they have to travel to Greenville. <sighs> so just miles apart. And let's go to Greenville mm-hmm. to play this sectional championship <sighs> at 6 o'clock on Wednesday. <laughs> uh, I wonder if they'll uh, carpool together. I don't know. Probably not. Uh, the winner will advance to uh, the Carlinville Super Sectional on a Friday, and they'll take on the winner of the Pleasant Plains Sectional, and that will either be Pleasant Plains or Carthage Illini West. In the uh, 3A Mascuda Sectional, it was FEM season coming to an end as they lost to Mascuda, and uh, this one was in two sets, 25-19 and 25-20. And the three-seed uh, Freeburg got the win over the five-seed uh, Salem in two sets, 25-14, 25 there. So FEM season uh, comes to a close there in the semifinals, but still a good run uh, for the Hearts, winning a regional championship. And uh, the uh, Mascuda sectional final will be on Wednesday between Mascuda and Freeburg. Winner of that will go to the Taylorville Super Sectional, and they'll take the winner 
of this sectional. It was in a Springfield of Southeast. The two seed Lincoln gets the win over the number one seed at Chatham and Glenwood, 25-23, 25-13. And the number one seed at Normal University won over the two seed at Taylorville, 25-15 and 25-17. So we could have had an old Apollo matchup there in the sectional final, but instead Lincoln advances there to take on Normal at a six o'clock and they'll advance to Taylorville super sectional on Friday uh, there and that was it from a volleyball action from last night around the area and the super sectionals will be on uh, Friday and then the uh, state tournament won't begin until the uh, November 10th there at Redbird Arena in a normal for all classes there so uh, make your plans accordingly potentially for some area teams there and uh, of course the world series game tonight game four on 989 the game therefore your local schedule for tonight with fall season winding down there in winter will begin winter sports will begin very very shortly as i saw last night official First practice of the girls' basketball season Yes, for uh, winter there. So uh, we're only a few short weeks away from that beginning mm-hmm. there. So looking forward to another busy season of basketball this upcoming year, 2023, to close it out, and early 2024 there. All right, uh, so uh, let's talk about uh, some uh, football, some uh, National Football League of football, and we'll talk about the Monday night game as well as the uh, trade deadline that is happening uh, today, and we'll get our thoughts on where the trade deadline stacks up in the uh, major sports. That's coming up next here on the Start Lineup. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios will be right back. (laughs) imagine the possibilities with the topless state bank this is justin naders if you're buying a home see us to get pre-qualified when you're pre-qualified the seller knows you mean business and that can save you thousands if you're building a new home we'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you ask around talk to your friends you'll see why so many homes start with a little help from totopolis state bank and totopolis sigel and effingham Equal housing lender and member FDIC. Fighting Illini football is back in Memorial Stadium for Dad's Day and Military Appreciation Day, Saturday, November 11th, as they take on the Indiana Hoosiers. Get tickets for as low as $20 as we celebrate dads for this proud Illinois tradition. All active military personnel are eligible to receive free tickets. Be in your seat early for a special military flyover. Illinois football versus Indiana, Saturday, November 11th. Get tickets and more info at fightingillini.com. This is Lucas Crenning with a message from the FNM Fire Department. As a firefighter, I've witnessed the devastating consequences of vehicle accidents. Let's stay focused. Distracted driving kills. Keep your eyes on the road and off your phone. Buckle up. Seatbelts save lives. It's a simple action that can prevent serious injuries. Also, let's protect our little ones. Use proper car seats for children to ensure their safety. And always check the back seat. Don't forget about loved ones or pets before leaving the car. Let's prioritize car safety. Together, we can save lives. 
If you're just tuning in, this is Fan 23, Fansville's number one sports radio station. Brought to you by Tasty Dr. Pepper. We are settling the great debate, best third quarter snack, hot dogs or nachos? You know my mantra, Doug. Uh, yes. Meaty early, early, cheesy, cheesy late. late. Well, it looks like we have a caller here to weigh in. Is this Chuck? Popcorn in the third is the move. What? You go with passive snacking after halftime. No, it's nachos. Look, as long as there's an ice cold Dr. Pepper there to wash it down, I'm good with either. Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. At the Home Depot, Saturdays are about two things. The one-of-a-kind wood-fired flavor of a Traeger Ironwood XL grill. And football. That's right, Desmond Howard. Get fired up for the game and just a tap with Traeger's intuitive touchscreen. Then throw on your favorites and monitor the grill from anywhere with Wi-Fi technology. So you spend less time staring at the grill. Which means more time for football. For football. Upgrade your Saturday with Traeger and the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. This is the Himbo Hammer. What is the only team to beat the Cowboys five times in the playoffs? I will say the Minnesota Vikings. The correct answer is the Rams. I suck on my own. I don't need your help or Hembo's help. Carlin versus Joe. Hey, this is Chris Carlin. Listen to Carlin versus Joe on 98.9 The Game. And now... Where this is the furthest Effingham has gotten, and how many times? I'm going to get blasted for getting this wrong. Who wants to go first? Bob, go first. Semis once. Travis. Third round, three times. Semis once, once. this year. The starting lineup. Like I said, by next week it'll no, be completely No, no, that's wrong. Well, I mean, okay, no, it's not. It's okay. Everyone gets $5. Jesus, oh, that was so stupid. On 98.9 The Game. So stupid. <laughs> Thought this was a freaking trick question. Eric Fry, Sports Center update. The Blues are gearing up for their game against the Avalanche tomorrow night. Blues are sixth in the Central Division with seven points and a 3-3-1 record. Tomorrow's game starts at 8.30 p.m. St. Louis City SC are spending the week preparing for their elimination game and supporting KC on Sunday. City is looking to stay alive after losing its first match of a best of three first round against Sporting KC over the weekend. Series shifts against City this weekend. City finished its inaugural MLS season as the first place team in the Western Conference. Sunday's match kicks off at 4 o'clock. Nikola Vucevic had a monster game to lead the Bulls past the Pacers 112-105 in Indianapolis. Vucevic racked up 24 points and 17 rebounds. Both game highs. Levine added 23. DeMar Rosen had 20 for Chicago, which even its record at 2-2. Two two, they visit Dallas tomorrow night. Blackhawks gave up 8 that's right, eight unanswered goals during an 8-1 loss to the Coyotes at Mullet Arena. The Chicago's last place in the Central Division with six points in a 3-6-0 record. They host Florida on Saturday. Justin Fields is going to miss his third straight game this weekend. The Bears announced yesterday that Tyson, I still don't know his name, Begay, will start his third game in a row when Chicago visits New Orleans on Sunday. Fields has not played since this his thumb during Chicago's 19-13 loss to the Vikings. He is 1-1 one one while leading the Bears over the past two weeks, but he's thrown for just 477 yards. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup. Bajent. 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 I didn't have pronunciation on that. <laughs> 477 yards, one touchdown, three picks. That's not a great stat line. No, that wasn't the best stat line, Bob. 
Uh, welcome back into the starting lineup. Travis Sparks here, Eric Fry over there, giving the wonderful sports and our reads. By wonderful, uh, he means there. not great. <laughs> I mean, you said it, not me, but uh, I, I said great. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> Entertaining sports, uh-huh. sports and our reads. Uh-huh. Uh, there we'll get to the bears here in a second because yeah. we'll see what they're, what the heck's going on in uh, Hallis hall, uh, there today. Uh, but before we get there, a uh, fellow NFC North team there was in Monday night football. First time in a long time for the Detroit lions in Monday night football, especially there in a uh, Ford field. And they end up picking up the uh, win a 26 to uh, 14, was the uh, final score there as uh, finally uh, Jameer Gibbs. Maybe the Lions will finally figure out to just let this guy loose. 26 carries, 152 yards, and a score, including did a little forward field leap there. You say he gets pulled up all the way into the stands to uh, score his first home touchdown. I saw that. Uh, there. So uh, the Troy picks up the win. They're 6-2 on the season. And on the other side, the Raiders, 3-5. and five. And not everything, I feel like everything's hunky-dory there with Detroit, but a trouble in paradise there for the Raiders with uh, Devontae Adams showing a very visible frustration there on the uh, sidelines. Only one catch for Devontae, especially not great after a decent start to the season. I mean, he had three scores early on in the year, but uh, his last several games uh, hasn't caught very many balls, hasn't. You know, even though his targets, I think, have been actually cut in half. Uh, but uh, not good there for the uh, Raiders. Three and five on the season. And uh, Adam Schefter kind of put the kibosh on any sort of trade for Devontae Adams. Uh, he talked to some league sources and they said there was, quote, no way in hell that Devontae Adams gets traded at the deadline today. Yeah, of course, that's what they're going to say. No chance in hell. Um, no. no chance in hell in sports entertainment. And I guess Devontae Adams getting dealt at the deadline. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, and we'll uh, have until about five hours from now or six hours from now to see uh, if any sort of move gets done there. And uh, we'll talk about the... Uh, trade a deadline here in a second and how uh, important or exciting it is for uh, the NFL. But the uh, Bears, they made a move uh, today for ahead of the uh, trade a deadline there at Hallis Hall. And uh, they acquired a player from the Commanders, not the player that I thought they were going to acquire from the Commanders. But the Bears, they have acquired a Montez Sweat for a 2024 second round pick according to Adam Schefter and uh, Sweat has six and a half sacks this season and 35 and a half sacks in his career Uh, the Bears have a NFL low 10 sacks on the uh, season but what are the Bears doing here trading away picks that they desperately need and also Sweat is in the last year of his contract as well yeah so well Here's the thing, Travis, and I, don't, I I could be wrong. So if I'm wrong, I've been wrong before. It doesn't matter. That big a deal. But I think if he signs with another team, the Bears would get a comp pick. Um, he's in the last year of his contract. Commanders are opting for a draft pick now rather than a compensatory, 
selection they might receive if Sweat signed elsewhere as a free agent next year. So, so it's the Commanders, but would it transfer to the Bears? Probably not, right? No. Okay. Then Travis, they must be thinking they're going to re-sign him. It's only I guess, I but I mean, you better hope so. You're trading away a second-round pick for him. And supposedly the Falcons were willing to give him a third. Mm-hmm. And the Bears came in and gave him a second. That was the highest offer they'd gotten. So obviously the Bears desperately wanted him, which makes me think that you wouldn't give him away a second if you weren't planning on re-signing him. Right. And you better better hope so. And you better have confidence uh, that you can do so. And the reason why I was like, I don't know what's going on in Chicago, because, I mean, you're 2-6 and six on the season. You'd have potentially a couple picks in the top five in the draft if you continue to uh, be terrible. And then also uh, Jalen Johnson, you're, uh, uh, one of your better cornerbacks, is seeking a trade before the deadline, according to uh, uh, Jeremy Fowler. Ahead of uh, Tuesday's deadline, uh, Jalen Johnson was granted permission to seek a trade, and he requested that after not coming close on reaching a new deal with the Bears last week, according to uh, Fowler. And Johnson is set to become a, a free agent after this season. And um, yeah, Johnson wants out the 49ers buffalo bills are among the teams discussing potential trades for johnson mm-hmm. according to ed water there um and uh, the uh, bears would uh, potentially use the franchise tag on him uh next year if they were able to uh, find a, a suitor there it doesn't make a lot of sense of why maybe you wouldn't want to pay a player because you just came into the season with uh, the highest salary cap mm-hmm. and whatnot or the highest payroll or whatever to sign players. But you don't want to sign one of your better cornerbacks. Uh, that could help your team win. It's very simple. Why not, Travis? It's Why very not? simple. Why not? He's a holdover from the Ryan Poles group. Think yes, of so. all those other players. You know, you, you talk, you know, Khalil Mack, and you talk Robert Quinn, and you talk all these players who are part of a pretty decent defense have all been shipped out mm-hmm. because they were part of that Ryan Poles Administration. Right. So, if obviously, if you are not one of the new guys, you're not staying around Chicago. Hmm. We're starting fresh with completely new people. I guess so. So, but Travis, Mm -hmm. we're going to play a little game. Okay. Because I have a list of names, and I want you to tell me if you think they're going to be traded before the trade deadline today. All right, and okay. uh, that is uh, 4 o'clock Eastern. 3 o'clock our time. 3 o'clock Central. Yep, yep. so we'll start mm-hmm. at the top, and I put this on here just to annoy you. So, <laughs> Okay. Aaron Donald. <laughs> no. No. Okay. He's not going anywhere. Okay. Devontae Adams. Uh, no, he's not going anywhere. Saquon Barkley. Mm. That's intriguing. I don't think he goes anywhere. A lot of teams use a running back. Yeah. I don't think he's going anywhere, though. Mac Jones. Hmm. Mac Jones. Uh, There's a certain team in Minnesota who needs a quarterback. Yeah. There's a certain team out in Vegas who really has a wide receiver that like a quarterback to throw him the football. And why are you acquiring Mac Jones, then? Well, maybe he's the best available (laughs) quarterback out there. (laughs) Bad situation there. Mm-hmm. You're chosen between Garoppolo and Mac Jones, mm-hmm. but 
I don't think so, no. Justin Fields. Oh, no. They, they might trade him in the offseason, but not not at the deadline, no. Ryan Tannehill. Hmm. Yeah, I could uh I could see I could see that. He's going Especially, to Philly. Uh, That's well, where all the Titan players are going. I guess so, yeah. But I I could see that. I mean, that would be an extreme gut reaction of the uh, Will Levis game from over the weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, four touchdowns. All right, well, see you later. But Tannehill's in his last year. Yeah. I mean, it's better to get something than nothing for a player. Yeah, most certainly is. And you think of someone like the Vikings, who have said that they're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Those are reports. I think that's a red herring. Yeah. Because they are the most desperate team because that NFC North is still winnable. Mm-hmm. They're back to 500 after starting off 0-3. Right. They're in a position to at least get a wild card. Right, exactly, yeah. And the NFC is so weak that they yeah. could easily win a wild card yeah. if they acquired a decent quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Derrick Henry. Ooh, that is very intriguing. I would like to see him moved, yes. To the boys. To the Cowboys. Uh-huh. I've, I've heard that. I've I heard mean, that rumor. I mean, we, you know, you think about who's been making most of the trades this season. It's been the, the Eagles have been making a lot of trades with the Titans. So how would it be if Dallas came in and got Derrick Henry from the mm, Titans? Nice. Yeah, I, I want to see him. I want to see him moved away from there. Jimmy G. Mm, no, I think they hold on to him. Mike Evans. Hmm. Parts are he was unhappy in Tampa Bay. Right. Tampa Bay's come out and said, we're not trading him. Right, because I feel like even though the Saints have done better, I feel like the Bucks could still maybe swoop in there in the south. Well, especially the Panthers haven't been good and the Falcons aren't good. And- right. Yeah, so I I think they could hold on to him, but I would like to see him moved. And to me, Travis, one of the most intriguing names on this list, Kyler Murray. Hmm. Well, no, I don't think he gets moved because they uh, Cardinals announced that they're uh, benching Dobbs. Yeah. So they're gonna start uh, tune. Yep. Or ton. But again. If you had faith in Kyler, wouldn't you start him if he's been practicing? Yeah. Hmm. Right? I mean, he hasn't played yet this season, but he's been off of IR. Right. I know he's been practicing. Um, said, that, said on Monday, the coach Gannon has said that there's a chance Kyler Murray could start as he continues to ramp up his return from ACL surgery. But if it's not Kyler, it's going to be a Clayton Toon. That's what he said. That's what he's going to say for a player who may be on the way out. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think, I don't think he goes anywhere. I think maybe you could explore it in the off season. I don't know. It all depends. I think on how desperate Minnesota is. Mm-hmm. Right. If they're desperate enough, hmm. the other name, the last name I have on here, Delvin Cook. Uh, I heard he's reports unhappy. he wants out. He's he wants unhappy. Out. Sure. Uh, yeah, I could I could potentially see him moving away, but I forgot really what the Jets 
traded uh, for him. So uh, it would be kind of dumb to acquire him and then trade him right at the trade deadline. Right. So I don't know if that's actually logistically possible. That's my list. Right. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that we have some of the big names out there, but fortunately I just don't I don't think any of them are going to get traded. And therein comes our next little bit here, Travis, about the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the NFL trade deadline is the worst of the four major sports. Yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be up there. It has to be. I NHL, I, I feel, has activity that day. Right. And I feel like the NHL has a lot of moves made, maybe not the star power right. moved, but there are moves that every right. team makes that makes them better on so many different lines or yep. defenses yep. that they have. Yep. So, And that's because there's so many valuable players. Mm-hmm. You know, in the NFL, you kind of have, like, everyone in the NFL is valuable, but there are kind of hidden players. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if the outside linebacker of the Jets gets traded, are you going to know who it is? Mm-hmm. Is that a big deal? Not really. Not really. It could help your team. It could, but that doesn't mean it's going to make headline sure, news. Yeah, headline news, right. Like someone who, he may go to be on the third line somewhere, but he's going to touch the puck when he's out there. Yeah. Whereas a linebacker or a safety, he'll help your team, but he's not touching the ball. He's not directly right. influencing it whereas every player on a hockey team is influencing that game in some form or fashion yeah there's only five guys out there yeah that's fair so i think in order from bottom up of trade deadline fun and goodness it's nfl nhl nba mlb yeah nba used to be better it has stunk the past couple of years right i still think mlb is the best because of the minors. Mm-hmm. That helps it because you have prospects who are, oh, this guy's projected number two prospect in our organization, and now we're going to trade him for a star, and is he going to become a star? You don't have that in the NFL. There is no minor league you can pull from. You don't have that. I mean, you kind of do it in the NHL, but it's... Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we saw Bedard got picked number one. He's going to the NHL. Mm-hmm. The number one draft pick in the MLB is not starting out in the majors. No. They're starting not. out in double A. Yep. If they're amazing. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they're starting off in high class A. Right. That's why there's so many more players to pick from, and that's why you can have so many moves that may not even impact your team this year, mm-hmm. but two yeah. years from now. Right. Yeah, I would uh, I would certainly agree with that. It's uh, There's a lot of talk. There's a lot of smoke, but there's not a lot of fire no. in the uh, NFL trade deadline. There are some years where there's outliers, of course, with every uh, league. But, yeah, for the most part, it's uh, semi-quiet and uh, some small moves uh, to be made, but uh, nothing to really get your juices flowing, I guess you'd say, as we all would hope for and sometimes MLB doesn't have that uh, either but uh, I would agree but hey this is coming from some baseball guys here as well okay Travis just to here we go uh-huh. top 12 big name deals of the last 12 years at the trade deadline mm-hmm. so here we go okay it's getting Vontae Davis mm-hmm. okay okay Ravens getting Marcus Peters mm-hmm Vikings getting TJ Hawkinson. Okay. 
49ers getting Emmanuel Sanders. Mm-hmm. Ravens getting Roquan Smith. That's not a household move. Eagles getting Jay Ajay. Mm. No. Cowboys getting Amari Cooper. Yeah, I think that was big just for yep. the Cowboys. Patriots getting Kyle Van Noy. Mm-hmm. Rams getting Von Miller. Yeah. Of course, you like that. 49ers getting Jimmy G. Mm-hmm. 49ers getting Christian McCaffrey. That was big, yeah. And the Rams getting Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are two big ones. So there, sure. de- there have been decent ones in the past 12 years, but right. not a whole lot. Yeah, not a whole lot uh, there. But uh, with all this uh, trade uh, talk, we'll see what moves are made at the deadline. But there was uh, one move made in the NBA last night. Uh, you might have missed it. A wo- late-night Woj bomb. And that's what we're closing out the show with here on the Star Lineup. From the 98.9 The Game Studios, the starting lineup. We'll be right back. Live and unrehearsed. Hey, son. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm fine, Pops. What's on your mind? I just, I can't explain it. Navigating, without a compass, eyes waiting, started to wonder. Metamorphosis, loss of who you thought you is. When your kid can't find the language, help them find the lyrics. Listen to the Sound It Out album and get tips and tools to start a conversation at sounditouttogether.org. Brought to you by Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for the needle in the haystack four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day ZipRecruiter the smartest way to hire and right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free that's right free just go to this exclusive web address ZipRecruiter.com slash free that's ZipRecruiter.com slash free ZipRecruiter.com slash free and now the starting lineup wouldn't I love to see number 25 off of Albert's bat go into the street, the pit. Swing and hello, 4th of July. Take a ride on that knockdown pitch, big boy. Kerry Wood knocked him down, and now Albert looks at him as he goes around first. He gives him a glare. Say, take a little whiff of that, big boy. And now Kerry Wood takes a look at Albert as he touches them off. Give it to him, big boy. Give it to him. That's how you play baseball. On 98.9 The Game. Hello, 4th of July. Take a ride on that knockdown pitch, big boy. Big boy. Big boy. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9 The Game. Only here on 98.9 for just a, a smidge a bit uh, longer. Talking about the NFL uh, trade deadline. It was a uh, 
Late night Woj Bomb. 104 hour time. Wojnowski uh, broke the news uh, that uh, Philadelphia 76ers, uh, they are shipping uh, James Harden to the uh, Los Angeles Clippers. And uh, James Harden traded once again. And uh, they also, Philadelphia sent Harden, P.J. Tucker, and uh, for uh, Marquise Morris, uh, Covington, Nicholas Platoon, K.J. Martin, a 2028 unprotected first-round pick, two uh, second-round picks, and a 2029 pick swap, and an additional first-round pick from the Oklahoma City Thunder, according to uh, ES sources telling ESPN uh, there. So James Harden uh, traded there to uh, the uh, Clippers, and Clippers are now uh, stacked with uh, Kawhi Leonard and also have uh, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, and now James Harden is a Los Angeles Clipper. Does not matter, Travis. Doesn't matter with all that star power. No. <laughs> because Russell Westbrook is not the player he was. No. And James Harden's not the player he was, even though he did lead the league in assists last year, which means he needs to be able to pass it. And Kawhi and Paul George can't stay healthy. Right. And the West has some pretty good teams out there. It does. West is stacked. I I don't I don't see this resulting in a ring for the Clippers. Hmm. Sorry, LA. And maybe it's because it's the Clippers, and I just have no faith in the Clippers ever actually following through on something. Right, exactly. They should have won a ring with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and DeAndre mm-hmm. Jordan and J.J. Redick. And At least I got to the finals or something mm-hmm. with that squad. But this is the fourth time James Harden has been traded in his career. That ties for the most by any former MVP in NBA history. And Moses Malone, Bob McAdoo, and Russell Westbrook were also traded four times as well. So uh, there you go. That's what you're acquiring there with James Harden. And you also have uh, um, Kawhi, who's sitting there going, will all these people please, please quit piggybacking on me to get me get them a ring because they can't get it on their own? <laughs> right. Yeah. Because James Harden and Russell Westbrook are competing to be the best players of our generation without a ring. Yeah, exactly. And here they are. They started on the same team with the Thunder, and now they're back on the same squad. We just need Kawhi to go to the Thunder. Then all all of those players would have been former Thunder. Yeah, there you go. And so uh, that was the uh, big blockbuster trade there after all the turmoil and everything with James Harden and finally happens. Uh, they're kind of randomly on a Monday night, especially uh, there. So we'll wait to see if uh, oh, talk of the town tonight, Magic and Clippers tonight. All right. But that's not a part of the uh, TNT doubleheader. It's the Knicks, Cavs, and Spurs, Suns. There's uh, only three games, and one cannot be there, and it's the Clippers. Yeah. Okay. It's against some magic. Tells you what they though. think. Yeah, it's against some magic. Yeah. Though, and you have the Knicks, of course, and you got Wimbyama versus whoever they throw out there with the Suns. Some of them will probably have to be sitting down for rest yep. and whatnot. We're only fourth game of the season. I know. And whatnot. So, 
looking uh, looking at you. So, uh, but that will do it here for us on the uh, Terrestrial Radio. Coming up in uh, the uh, pod, we'll hit up on uh, some other college sports as well as we got Coach Wilson and Coach Jefferson coming at you from Arthur and Villa Grove. On the way here on the pod, but coming up next, don't forget about the World Series tonight, Game 4, and then uh, throughout the day, NFL trade deadline will be uh, tracked uh, throughout the day. Coming up next here is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Yeah, I thought you were saying Newt Bar. Welcome back in. Welcome to uh, overtime of the uh, start in the lineup. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry still here with you. And uh, coming up, we got our two area coaches uh, for the final time uh, this season. Got Coach Jefferson uh, from the Arthur Lovington at Hammond Knights. Fortunately, got upset there in the uh, opening round to the 16th seed, uh, Quincy Notre Dame. We'll talk about uh, that in the uh, future for Allah coming up here, and we uh, visit with uh, Coach Wilson uh, from uh, Villa Grove as well uh, as his team lost yep. in week one of the playoffs as well. So uh, those two coaches join us for the final time coming up this season, and we'll also be uh, hitting up on this day in uh, sports history as well. And maybe we'll see if we can get to some college stuff uh, there coming up with uh, basketball, football, or anything like that. It's a big night in college football tonight. Big night. College football, that's right. The yep. first playoff yep. uh, rankings are going to be revealed. Not that you would know that as an Illinois fan, but... Yeah. No, we were excited about that last time. Yeah. Last year, this yep. time. Yeah. But not... Uh, Weren't we ranked? Uh, yeah. I mean, At we least were, receiving votes? Yeah. I mean, they, they have, like, their own little rankings and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. And we were we were down there. Yep. We were. Not this uh, year. Not this year. I, no. You want to hear a funny? <laughs> okay. I had someone sure. ask me the other day, Eric, are the Illini making a bowl game? <laughs> and I had the uh, heart to tell him no. I did say probably not, but mathematically they still could. Yeah. They Got to win could. out, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Got to win out. Win out. But easier said than done. That's right. So. <laughs> All righty. We'll see. All right. Uh, is there anything on SportsCenter that you wanted to clean up? Yeah, the uh, Mets aren't the only one that want Craig Council, as the Guardians have interviewed him for their open manager job as well. So, mm. uh, Former World Series champion Frank Howard has passed away at the age of 87. The Washington Nationals announced Monday that the former outfielder and first baseman has died. He was the NL Rookie of the Year in 1960, notably won a World Series title with the Dodgers in 1963, went on to play seven seasons with the then Washington Senators and Texas Rangers before closing his MLB career with the Detroit Tigers. Hmm. So there is that. Um, let's see. Uh, we talked about that death of that NHL player yesterday. Yeah. Uh, England authorities are investigating that <clears throat> death. They're investigating the death. Um, South Yorkshire police announced on Monday the officers conducting, quote, inquiries into his death, and the incident remains ongoing. So we'll have to mm. see have what to happens that, with that. Yeah. Bill's adding a veteran running back and former Super Bowl champion to their team as the agents of Leonard Fournette announced on Monday tailback has signed with the Bills. So there's that. Mm. going to start on the practice squad. Mm. Okay. And finally, Travis, 
there may be some good news in Iowa. Yep. So Iowa Hawkeyes football team will have a new offensive coordinator next season. Interim athletic director Beth Getz announced Monday that Brian Furnitz? Furnitz. That's what I'm going with. Will be let go at the end of the season. Furnitz is the son of head coach Kirk Furnitz, who's in his, uh, and this is his seventh year leading the offense. Iowa is averaging an FBS worst 268 yards per game over the last three seasons. Furnitz will stay with the team through the end of this season. So, oh, the laughing stock of the Iowa offense may be done. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, nepotism at its finest yep. there. Your, your dad can keep you yep. have your, uh, your job, even though you're pathetic at Awful it. Awful at it. Horrible at it. But yep. looks like finally making a change. Yep. I saw that guy last night at the World Series. He had an Iowa shirt on. What are you doing? Unless you're a fan of the basketball team. And, uh, of course, he had a sign that says that was not a fair catch. Of course, they're still holding off that loss a couple weeks ago. And whatnot. Uh, trying to find a line. I was actually trying to find a line on a sports book that I can have some entertainment on this weekend. Uh, but the uh, over-under for that Iowa-Northwestern game uh, was going to potentially be the lowest over-under in uh, collegiate history. Oh, really? Uh, but it's over-under 31. Mm. That's it. 31 points. <laughs> that is pathetic. And also, it's going to be... On Peacock. Yay! It's Iowa Northwestern, and it's going to be in Wrigley Field. Oh. <laughs> so many no's to this game. <laughs> well, at least I know one year when the Illini were up there playing Northwestern Wrigley Field, they were concerned about the field goals. So you don't have to worry about that with these two offenses. Nope. So, or maybe you'll have to worry a whole lot about it. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> so that's that's funny. Uh, there and uh, I, I probably the reason why I couldn't find it on a sports book is because it involves uh, Northwestern and you can't have any fun online in uh, with the Illinois colleges so that's probably why I couldn't find it now thinking about it uh, the big game on NBC uh, this weekend is uh, Purdue Michigan yeah in the big house number two Michigan uh, there of course Illinois coming off there a bye be taking on Minnesota there in Minnesota, 230. Uh, Gophers favored only by two points hmm. right now. Uh, let's see here uh, the uh, rest of the uh, college football uh, from uh, this uh, past weekend since we usually talk about it on a Tuesday. Uh, number one, Georgia, easily won over Florida. Uh, Ohio State, uh, they were able to take care of Wisconsin there, 24-10. Florida State in good position. We'll see where they open up in the first college football rankings. Uh, they will be Wake Forest pretty good, 41-16. Uh, we'll see if Washington uh, can sneaks in there. Currently they're at number five, undefeated at 8-0. We'll see where they open up the rankings this weekend or this week. Uh, the uh, Kansas Jayhawks, they pulled off that upset. We mentioned it the other day in the top three, but they took down the number six team in the country, Oklahoma. 38-33. Uh, Texas was all over BYU. Oregon, they were all over Utah. was even close. 35-6 to was the final score there. Uh, Penn State got the win over Indiana. Oregon State, they got upset by Arizona. And 27-24. Uh, Old Miss blew out Vandy. Notre Dame was all over Pitt. 58-7 was the final there. 
Uh, Georgia Tech upset uh, number 17, North Carolina. Louisville shut out Duke, 23 zip. Uh, Air Force played at Colorado State in that snow game, 30-13. to 13. Uh, Colorado State student section got penalized or warned by the officials to stop throwing snowballs at the Air Force players. Mm. I don't know if they listened, but uh, that's what happened at the on the bench. Uh, Tennessee, they beat the Kentucky, 33-27. Tulane got the win over Rice by two. Uh, UCLA, they beat uh, Coach Prime and Colorado, 28-16. On uh, a shootout in the Pac-10, Pac-12, we're going to miss this. 50-49 to was the final there. So, you have that point total. And then you have Iowa and Northwestern, who are only scheduled to score 31 points for over-under. And uh, James Madison continues to good, do good things. It's scary a little bit. 30-27, to 27, they beat Old Dominion. Yeah, it was close. A little bit closer than what you'd like there, bub. Uh, James Madison still getting the win. Uh, let's see. Let's see what's going on in a – I think this is a good weekend though, for – uh, college football coming up. You got uh, this one is Ohio State Rutgers. Ohio State favored by eighteen and a half. Uh, number twenty-five at Kansas State. At number seven at Texas. Texas A&M traveling to number eleven Ole Miss. Number twelve Notre Dame against uh, Clemson. Who uh, man under fire? Clemson. Dabo Sweeney taking phone calls, getting mad at people, saying, "Hey, if you think you can do this job better, I apply." Good luck to you. <laughs> Things are spiraling there with Dabo. Yeah. Uh, UConn, they're at number 19, Tennessee. Arizona State at number 18, Utah. Army against number 17, Air Force. Uh, Mizzou, they are number 14 in the country now. They are going to be there between the hedges. Number one, Georgia. Bulldogs favored by 15 and a half there. Uh, number four, Florida State is at Pitt. Florida State favored by three tutties in that one. Penn State, number nine. They're traveling to Maryland. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State will match up in Bedlam at 2.30. And that used to be a better rivalry, but mm-hmm. uh, we'll see. Uh, number 15, Louisville hosting at Virginia Tech. Number 21, Tulane at Eastern Carolina. Uh, number 23, uh, James Madison. Uh, they will be uh, traveling to uh, Georgia State. And a James Madison favored by five and a half there, trying to keep that undefeated season going. Uh, number six, Oregon will host Cal. Number 22, Kansas, after that big win, will be at Iowa State. And you got number five, Washington, at number 24, USC. That's going to be at 630. And a number 13, LSU, is at number eight, Alabama. Bama favored by three here. Uh, number 16, Oregon State, is against Colorado and Coach Prime. 13.5-point favorites are the Beavers. And number 20, UCLA, is at Arizona there this week in college football. Elsewhere in the Big Ten, Wisconsin and Indiana are matching up at 11 a.m. Nebraska, Michigan State. Um, and that's all the other ones that I've already mentioned. And the Illini, mm-hmm. 2.30. Yep. Gets Minnesota. And you can hear that over on 98.9. one thirty yep. kickoff. Yep. For college football. We're super excited about it. And, yeah. Get the win here, mm-hmm. potentially. Um, so, we'll take a look at the where the college football rankings uh, come out. They'll come out at 6 o'clock uh, tonight for the first college football rankings there. 
who you got in the college football rankings tonight? Georgia. Mm-hmm. There's three more teams out there for oh, the playoffs. Oh, sorry. I, I just thought you wanted the number one team. But like Georgia, Michigan. I think the first week it'll just go chalk. Whatever the, the top four is in the, the polls. Yeah, the top four in the polls are Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and Florida State. I, I think for week one that's what it'll be. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't see any surprises either. The only thing I could potentially think of was Washington getting in there at number four. Um, I think Pat McAfee had him at four. He had Florida State at like six. I think last Saturday on game day he had uh, Florida State out and he had Oklahoma in. Yep. <laughs> and went out to drop the ball against. And they dropped the ball against the Jayhawks. Rock, chalk, and Jayhawks. Ah, uh, man. So it was a good weekend for the uh, Kansas Jayhawks on the football field, but not on the basketball hardwood. It didn't matter, Travis. <laughs> I don't know. Illinois. Basketball. It's basketball season now. In March, Travis. <laughs> I know. I know. March, March, March. All that matters. But it's going to be fun uh, until we get there. And uh, let's not talk about uh, basketball until that Florida Atlantic game. Oh, yeah. I cannot wait. We still got to wait and figure out what we're doing for that battle. I cannot wait to see Illinois smoke the owls. I can't wait for Florida Atlantic to beat Illinois. Hmm. I don't think that's going to happen. You can keep hoping. Uh, but the uh, first games for college basketball is going to be on the 6th, the ones that really count. And, of course, Illinois uh, opens up with the EIU yep. there in Champaign-Urbana. Yep. 7 o'clock It's going to be the tip-off, so that means a 6 o'clock pregame over on 98.9. Correct. For EIU versus number 25. I wish it was in Charleston. Illinois. I mean, that would be a hot, hot, hot ticket. ticket, but nope, yep. it's uh, it's not. Um, and then the uh, fraud number one team, uh, Kansas, they're going to be hosting North Carolina Central in Allen Fieldhouse. Gotcha. So there you go. And the rich get richer. I saw uh, Duke. They yep. got the number one uh, player. Yep. Uh, flag commits to a Duke. So, Coach K, or it's not even Coach K. Not anymore. John Shire is still doing things. Yep. Recruiting to Duke. Yep. So, there you go. All righty. All right. So, uh, let's get to our two area coaches here, and they get to uh, Coach Jefferson and uh, Coach Wilson for the uh, final time. Sad face emoji. <laughs> final time for Coach Jefferson and Coach Wilson joining uh, the uh, program this year. So, we'll get to them right now. Joining us here on the uh, starting lineup is uh, Coach Jefferson uh, from the Arthur Lovington Atwood Hammond Knights. And unfortunately, the uh, night season came to a close there on a Saturday. But uh, how's it going for you today, Coach? I'm doing well. You know, obviously, I uh, would have liked to continue playing this week, but I feel good about how we ended the season. And, uh, just looking forward to you know getting ready for next year already. Right, yeah, it's crazy how how that goes. And uh, well, uh, you guys ended up falling there, 21 to 14 in the game, but it was a, a great start to the game for you guys there as uh, you opened it up with a lead. You took uh, the opening kickoff back for a touchdown, and you opened up a nice 14 nothing lead as well. So uh, things have started well on Saturday. 
Absolutely. And, you know, uh, there was a lot of talk from, you know, so-called analysts or whatever. Sure. That, uh, it was a tough draw, which it was. Um, we definitely respected them, but we also thought that we were going to be able to play with them. Uh, we were confident, so uh, especially with people, you know, kind of riding us off, even though we were the number one seed, uh, that added fuel to the fire. And, uh, you know, some pregame antics from them also uh, helped us out a little bit, got us fired up. And uh, like I said, we returned that opening kickoff. That was, that was really cool. Um, unfortunately, we missed the PAT, but, you know, that was huge for us. And then, uh, I, you know, I, I knew that our defense was going to be pretty tough against our offense. Um, so it was good to get a stop. And then, yeah, we just – that first offensive possession, I felt like we could do nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, went down and scored right away. So we are up 14 nothing uh, in the first six minutes of the game. And then, unfortunately, we just uh, didn't score again. We got we had chances. I think we were down in the, in the red zone, you know, I think three different times. Um, and, unfortunately, just different things occurred, put ourselves behind the sticks and stuff. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, kudos to Q&D for the comeback. But um, that was a tough one. Yeah, it really was, and uh, though it was still close there in the second quarter, uh, they scored to get on the board for their first points, and that made it 14-7, to and that ended up being the score at halftime there. So, you know, at halftime, uh, you're still up by a score there, so you're still feeling pretty good uh, about where you are at that point in the game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, we had the lead. You know, we knew that coming out they were going to get the ball back. Uh, but our defense had been playing really well. I mean, their, their score came from uh, pick six. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also had a, a punt return called back, and that, that was something we knew going in was that we felt like their best offense was their defense and their special teams. And so we felt pretty confident, you know, uh, giving them the ball back. Um, I can't remember when they ended up scoring. I don't, I don't believe they went right down, but uh, mm-hmm. I, know, I just know the end of the third quarter was, was 21-14, to 14, so it was still within our reach, um, just couldn't execute at times. Right, yeah, it was uh, like right before the third quarter come to a close is when they ended up scoring, I wanted to say like 30-some seconds uh, left in that, in that quarter. And also uh, another thing that there was a couple of uh, injuries, a couple of banged-up nights as well. I think Waldrop uh, was injured at one point, but he eventually uh, came back into the game, and uh, Parsons also uh, got a little banged up as well in a crucial part of the game as well. Absolutely, and you know, like injuries have been a part of our uh, season, and you know, I felt like every time we had one, uh, the next guy stepped up. So I've been super proud of our team for overcoming a lot of that. And uh, unfortunately, you get to a point where you just get one too many, and uh, things can fall apart. But super proud of our guys. Um, like you said, Landon Waldrop, he uh, he actually got a sack on a play in the first quarter, and kind of got up to celebrate. I was looking away, and then the next thing I know, he's hobbling off. Um, so he said he felt felt a pop in his knee, might be a maybe a minor MCL sprain. Um, so he he didn't play the second quarter or the third. But then when they took the lead, you know the trainer gave him the the, the your choice option, and he he decided that he wanted to play. And mm-hmm. uh, his heart wanted to, but his body couldn't take you know it right. all out. So we kind of had to use him on some special plays, and he did come up clutch for us. He had some uh, I think a third and twenty, and maybe a fourth and nineteen. Uh, had catches on both toes to get the first down, so uh, oh, wow. he played his butt off. And then, uh, yeah, like you said, Jace Parsons unfortunately took one too many hits, and uh, he ended up breaking his collarbone, oh, man. which is the injury that ended his season last year, unfortunately. So, um, you know, we went to our, our sophomore quarterback, who is going to be awesome, but just hadn't had a lot of you sure. know, varsity game reps at that position. And, um, you know, losing someone like Jace, what he did for our offense, it, it takes a 
takes a little bit away. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, man, uh, some tough circumstances uh, there, but uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, the season uh, come to a close there. And so, uh, uh, what did you tell them uh, after the uh, after the game on uh, Saturday? After you guys had such an amazing season, but unfortunately, it ended before you wanted it to. Absolutely. I mean, I just told them, you know, how proud of them I was, and um, you know that we we ruled out doubt all year like we said we were going to do coming into this year and they believed and belief is one of the most powerful things in this world so mm-hmm. uh, you know if they can continue doing that in life they're going to go far and uh, i'm super excited about you know what we have returning too. like you know we're losing a very talented group of seniors but um we, you know it's funny because looking back on last year's game in the second round against johnston city you know we had caden go down jace was already yeah. injured we had another another starter go down and you look out there and you see a lot of sophomores. There was a freshman who was Easton Frederick now who, you know, started varsity for us this year. Right. Same situation this year. You know, we had five or six sophomores out there, some freshmen playing, you know, special teams. And uh, when Landon went out, Brennan Hudson, a freshman, went in for him, an outside backer. And, you know, we're, we're still right there with one of the top programs in the state. So uh, it just feels feel really good that we're developing players um, and we're just going to be bringing a, a really good team back. Um, so, I'm excited, um, bummed, but we'll move on and uh, we'll get started on next year. All right, yeah, it definitely sounds like it's a bright future is ahead with the program uh, there for all. Uh, but uh, what do you guys? What do you want people to remember the most about uh, this year's squad? You guys uh, made history since uh, 2004, had your best season, and also uh, conference champions since that season as well. So, uh, what do you want them to remember the most about this group? Absolutely. I mean, uh, 9-0, and undefeated regular season, conference champs, uh, a number one seed in the playoffs, those are, those are definitely big goals. Um, so the, the biggest thing I want people to remember is that it doesn't matter who you have. Um, it just matters what you have and what you do with it. And uh, I think we proved that this year, you know, losing probably the best player in school history. Um, and there were going to be a lot of people doubting us, but you know, we didn't let that phase us. So um, that's kind of going to be the trend from now on, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have to replace Jace Parsons. We're going to have to replace Landon Waldrop. But I feel really good about who we have and what we're going to do with it. So, Man, that's what good programs do is just keep uh, turning out athletes uh, there, and it sounds like that's exactly what's going on there in Ala and uh, Coach Well. Unfortunately, this is uh, the last time that we'll be talking to you here on this show this season, so I want to do uh, say a, thanks, a big thanks to you for hopping on, and uh, I've always enjoyed the conversations talking about Arthur football, and even we squeezed in some uh, Fagan questions as well, talking about uh, the Illini, and of course we'll be uh, watching him as his uh, career develops as well, but I wanted to say uh, thanks for hopping on the show uh, once again, and I'm here for the last time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I enjoy it. All right, Coach. Well, we'll talk to you down the road then. Sounds good. Thanks a lot for everything. Travis Sparks joining us here on the starting lineup is the head coach of the Villa Grove Blue Devils, and it's Heath Wilson. And I know it's a conversation that we weren't looking forward to today, but uh, how's it going for you today, Coach? Uh, it's just going pretty good. Other than that, we're not playing football anymore. Yeah, it's a bummer not prepping for another game here. Well, your season came to a close there on a Saturday against Leroy there. And so it was a rough one there on a Saturday for your first-round playoff game. Yeah, we uh, like I said, they were a very good team. They were uh, huge up front and had a one heck of a running game. and uh, They just kind of outpowered us uh, from the get-go. 
Right, yeah, and it was right from the get-go. The score was uh, 39 to nothing there at halftime. So kind of like what 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 was it like going down that much? Because uh, it was like boom, 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 uh, just uh, score after score after score at that point and uh, being uh, down by that much at halftime. Yeah, uh, I don't have a lot of words really. I mean, it's, uh, it is what it is, but they, uh, they, got, they got up early on us. Uh, then we created a turnover. We, then we went four and out. Then we created a turnover inside the uh, inside the 30. There, thought we had a little momentum, and their defense was just so fast, and and uh, they we just couldn't get anything going. I mean, it's it was just a it was a track meet for them for sure. And uh, you know, they uh, one of the strong suits for you this uh, season. It seemed like was that a rushing attack, and uh, theirs was uh, going on on Saturday, but yours unfortunately had. Uh, tough time eh, getting going, only uh, 21 total yards in the whole game. So that was uh, one of the strong points of the season that just kind of got taken out of there on, on Saturday. Yeah, uh, we like I said, the last three, four weeks we were uh, we ran the ball real well and, uh, mm-hmm. and we had things going and we we, we were getting hit, our running backs so were getting hit before they even knew what to do with them. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hats off to Leroy. They were a good, solid team and a uh, physical team and um, we just kind of ran out of gas. And a couple of positives uh, from the game, though. You found the end zone a couple of times uh, through the air at that point. Uh, run, uh, he uh, completed 9 of 25 passes and had those uh, two touchdown passes to uh, Noah Wilcoxon and uh, Brady Clodvelter uh, as well. So uh, you got into the end zone there a couple of times in the second half. Yeah, uh, a little bit too late, but mm-hmm. you know, we just had a little bit of positivity to take out of that game. Uh, you know, Noah had a couple of huge catches. Brady was kind of the – we were getting him the ball earlier in the game. They were just short passes. Uh, sure. That's all we had time for. Uh, you know, obviously Lane uh, has been around the program for many years, and, and uh, it was nice to get him uh, off, you know, with some positive note going into, uh, you know, his offseat. Well, he, he's a senior, obviously, and you hate to see those seniors go. We had so many of them this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a lot of – blood sweat and tears uh for four years and so um yeah it was you know we got a little bit of passing game going but it was just a little bit too late uh once we finally got things rolling all right and then uh, the score ended up being there 45 to 14 uh, was the final there and uh fortunately your season it came to a close there and it's uh back-to-back six win seasons uh for you guys but what's uh come uh, some of the takeaways you're going to come away from uh, this season with another uh, trip to the playoffs. Unfortunately, it's not as long as you uh, would have wanted it to be, uh, but what's some of the things that you're going to take away uh, from this year? Yeah, you know, like we started off one and three, and our kids won five straight games uh, to get to the playoffs, to get that sixth win. And, uh, you know, there's, you know, we played a tough schedule uh, early yeah. on for sure, and, and uh, you know, it seemed like a lot of our conferences uh, struggled in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. we got to figure we got to figure out uh, – ways to advance in the playoffs uh, obviously we were a very veteran team this year and we're going to be extremely extremely young um next year starting the season and so we gotta we gotta figure out uh what we can do and and how to what our strength is we gotta figure out what our strength mm-hmm. is uh early on next year because our schedule is just as tough as it was this year and we're going to be extremely young next year so i don't know if it's positive no obviously noah comes back um yep and you know we'll have a very big freshman class next year uh so we'll have to figure out 
what's best for us and uh i guess that's why the coaches get paid the big bucks to figure that stuff out that's right <laughs> and uh yeah it's too early on really to think about the the new season but you also talked about uh the last few weeks about this so it was a special group of uh, seniors that you saw kind of grow up before your eyes with uh, lane and gunner klein as well rushing a tag and brady uh, who got hurt a little bit during the season and he's kind of uh come back and contributed where he could on the divas event and uh, also uh, kaiser and canarum uh, as well some impact seniors as well for this uh, special group they had there for the blue devils yeah you you, you can just keep going there's about right, 15, yeah. 15 of them there that you know, I had uh, t- uh, eleven or ten starters of seniors on offense and ten on defense. So, if you look at it, that, that was a special class uh, that uh, been around a long time. Obviously, I started coaching those guys in junior high basketball their uh, seventh grade year, and and now this six years six years later, now they're now they're off to the real world. So, mm-hmm. it's a special special group. It's a special group that uh, that I'll always cherish. And uh, there was a lot a lot of tears on uh, Saturday afternoon for sure. They'll all be missed. All right, yeah, for sure. Well, uh, Coach, well, uh, we certainly appreciate you for uh, joining us here on the program uh, week in and uh, week out. I always look forward to uh, our conversations uh, here, and uh, best of luck for, for the off season. and uh, we'll talk to you at some point down the road. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate those two uh, for joining us uh, there for the final time, and we will talk to them again hopefully next season. See you down the road there. Um, and we'll have more season-ending interviews uh, coming up later on this week as well. Uh, but let's uh, close out here on this Halloween edition. Let's close it out with this day in sports history. What happened throughout the years? All right. On this day in 1959, and one of the most iconic plays in SEC history, eventual 1959 Heisman Trophy winner Billy Cannon returned a punt of 89 yards for a touchdown in the fourth quarter. His top-ranked LSU defeated number three Ole Miss 7-3 to at Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge. 7-3. to 7-3. Nice. On this date in 2001, Derek Jeter hits his Mr. November home run in extra innings to win Game yeah. 4 of the World Series against the Diamondbacks. It was Tino Martinez who tied the game with a two-run, two-out homer in the ninth inning. Yep, I remember that. I remember staying up late from yep. school. Here's one I remember quite well. On this date in 2009, Manu Ginobili swats a bat with his bare hand <laughs> during a Spurs win over the Kings, and how ironic it happened on Halloween. I know. Yeah. It's crazy. On this date in 2010, a 21-year-old Madison Bumgarner threw eight shutout innings in his first career World Series start. Mm-hmm. How fitting the yeah, Diamondbacks a... are in the World Series now, and he's not even on the roster anymore. Yeah, he's the highest-paid player, and he's not even playing. Yep. He was designated for assignment. Yep. <laughs> on this date in 2013, the Dolphins win a 22-2 overtime game against the Bengals, sacking Andy Dalton in the end zone for a game-winning safety. Mm. I don't see too many walk-off safeties. No, you don't. Thanks, Red Rider. <laughs> uh, on the state in 2015, Miami beats Duke 30-27, to scoring a touchdown on an eight-lariat kickoff return as time expires. The ACC later acknowledged the winning touchdown should have not counted as the game officials made multiple errors on the play. Hmm. Got to take the fun out of things. I know. Always got to do it. And finally, on the state in 2018, Derek Rose, Derek Rose logs his first career 50-point game 
and an emotional post-game interview happens as well. Hmm. I think in 2018, D. Rose had his first 50 career. Like, that's the end of his career. Like, that's, I mean, I know he's still playing. But that's the end. That's after the MVP seasons, after the knee surgeries. Mm -hmm. And then he goes up and gets a 50-burger. Right. Yeah. I was, uh. Oh, D. Rose. I remember that interview. One of the biggest what-ifs. Yep. What-ifs. The biggest what-if in Chicago sports history. Mm Mm-hmm. I I won't won't argue against that. I don't know. What if the Bulls stayed together? Yeah, that one's pretty good too. What that if up there. Steve Bartman wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I. What if Jim McMahon didn't get injured? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. There's a lot of what ifs. Yeah, in Chicago sports history, yeah. The double doink doesn't happen. Oh, I totally forgot about the double doink, Travis. Thanks for bringing that up. I always have up. to bring it up. Thanks for bringing that up. I feel like we haven't mentioned it in a while, so got to bring it up. Uh, <laughs> Mitch Trubisky's a Super Bowl champ. Potentially. Matt still coaching the Bears. Yep, potentially. That's what we would be looking at right now. That's the world we'd be living in. Mm-hmm. What a crazy world it would uh, be. <laughs> so disappointing. I know. Cody Parquet. Mm-hmm. Like the butter. You butter footer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Instead of a butterfinger on this Halloween. Mm-hmm. Favorite Halloween candy as a kid? Uh, Halloween candy. Uh, I mean, you can't beat uh, Snickers or Reese's. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Reese's butter guy. I used, to be, I used to be a butterfinger, but then they changed the formula on butterfingers, and they stink. Right, yeah, I would... I would agree. They've they've definitely changed for the worse. Now the minis still taste like the old ones. So if you ever if you ever get a mini one, they taste like the old ones. But the the full size bars, absolutely awful. Right. Yeah. Whenever I go, powder. whenever yeah. I go for like gas station, I usually don't. I usually don't go to the Butterfingers. Nope, it's usually Snickers and whatnot. And it depends on if you're driving or not. There's different right. things you can have if you're driving and not driving. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Underrated, underrated candy bar. I still feel Three Musketeers is a great candy bar. It's good. No one enjoy ever talks that. about it. Yeah, right. Yeah, I enjoy it. Also, a fan of the Take Five. Have you ever had a Take Five? Mm, take Five. Yeah, I don't have too many of those. It's gonna be on a rainy day. Mm-hmm. I have that, but they're not bad. Not bad. Not bad. But yeah, I mean, really, just any sort of chocolate. Yeah. That's I'm fine with. I'm a gummy guy. I like gummies. Gummies? Yep. Do you now? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That's why I have kids around. Oh. They, they get gummies and they get candy and then, yeah, take their take their candy for the parent tax. Mm-hmm. The parent tax. You got to pay it. Yep. Everybody's got to do it. We went somewhere a couple, couple last weekend. And they had full size. Like they, my kids ended up getting like seven full size bars. Nice. And they're like, "Well, we want to we want to trade these in to get a, a toy or something." That's kind of an agreement my wife made with them. We want to trade these in for a toy if they had candy and they didn't want the candy because they're trying to be very health conscious right now because they want to protect their teeth. They say. 
So they were going to get rid of the full full size candy bars. I was like, no, you're not. We're keeping those. Right. Those are valuable commodities. Exactly. So yeah, no trades. No trades for the full size bars. No trades here. I mean, we used to. We would gladly take that. Oh yeah. Halloween night. Worst Halloween candy. <sighs> Worst Halloween candy. Hmm. That's a good question. Oh, Travis, I just realized something as we're sitting here. What's that? Should have brought back top three. Should have. Top three Halloween candies. Yeah. Mm. Should have. It's a missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. We missed it. Yep. It's the moment's passed. The worst is anywhere that gives out any non-candy things. I'm talking popcorn balls, apple slices, toothbrushes. Apple slices. And gum. Gum, yep. Don't want to get that for Halloween. When I was a kid, they had these little eyeballs that were hard and they tasted like soap. No, not good. You hated getting those. Yeah, I don't know about the the worst, but I I I'm not a big sucker guy. Yeah, no, mm 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 mm. It takes too takes too long. My kid likes the mystery sucker, but he just likes it to see what the mystery is. Mm hmm. Right, and all these years we haven't solved it. Nope. Haven't solved the mystery. One time when I was littler, I wanted to see how many looks it took to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll Pop. And I got to about 256, and I stopped. Yeah, I gave up. I don't even remember what the highest that I did, but I, I gave up. All right, let's end I was this like, rant. This is, this is happy Halloween. Yes, happy happy Halloween to close things out here. Thanks, tomorrow you can officially start your Thanksgiving planning. Yes, thank you. Thanksgiving planning for the, the meal, the yes. food, and all that. We'll have to do something for Thanksgiving. Yes. It's more... It's more lead time yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so we'll work on that and uh, thanks for listening uh, thanks for downloading have a uh, safe and happy halloween we'll talk to you tomorrow